0: Do you have a relationship right now where communication is a struggle and you keep hitting the same wall with this same person? Well, James is about to give us a three-point sermon with a solution for all our communication. And if we're willing to put it into practice, it can revolutionize and change everything. And it's today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now here's Pastor Michael. There are some people who are slow to hear. They don't listen. They're quick to speak and they are quick to become angry and they're difficult to be around because they're a ticking time bomb. And some of you, are living with a person like this, and some of you are that person. And if you are, there is a remedy here. And the remedy is, let's let God's word do its work. An angry spirit is never a listening or teachable spirit. Now, there are reasons for anger, of course. Some of us have been hurt. Some of us... You know, when we lose control of our environment, our circumstances, sometimes anger is the natural response. I don't like what's happening here, so I get angry. But anger, the anger of man, now let me, let me clarify. It says the anger of man because some of you are thinking, well, God gets angry and Jesus turned over the tables of the money changers and so forth. And I even know the Bible speaks of a righteous anger. Amen. Wholeheartedly, amen and Amen. But this is not talking about righteous anger. This is talking about the anger that comes from a man. It's fleshly anger. It's I'm angry because I don't like how this situation is going for moi. (laughs) I don't like how this is going for me, so I'm going to become angry so I can try to control it so I can bring it back to where I want this situation to be. I'm not talking about righteous anger. We should be righteously angered at evil. When we see evil, like Jesus, when he saw the money changers in the temple or when he saw the hypocrisy of the religious leaders, he became angry. That's legitimate anger. But how many of the times, if you were to look at your anger ratio... And ask yourself, how many times when I've been angry has it been legitimately categorized as righteous anger? I was mad because of some evil or some wrong done to somebody else or blasphemous against God. I mean, we'd all like to say, yeah, that's, that, that's the only time I become angry. <laughs> it was when when God's name is something done wrong to God's name, or some innocent person is harmed by some evil, that's when I get angry. If that's the case, you're doing well. That's where we want to end up. We want to be more like Jesus. And so this anger that is referred to here, originally in the Greek spoke of an impulsive nature, um, the word is found 36 times in the New Testament, 12 times in the book of Romans alone. It speaks of uh, someone kind of letting anger bubble up and it comes out. What does anger achieve? Well, it does not produce, look at verse 20. The anger of man does not produce or achieve what? The righteousness of God or Another way you could translate it is the righteous life that God wants us to live. And that's what the book of James is really about. So the righteousness of God here, although it could be about three different things, it could be imputed righteousness, or it could be God's righteousness when he's looking at the world and measuring things, but here, I think it's accurate to say it's more about the righteous life that God wants us to live. Your anger does not produce the righteous life that God wants you to live. Not when it's fleshly anger coming from our fallen nature, if you will. And so I want you to turn to the book of Galatians. It's a little bit back. It's chapter five. We all know about the fruit of the spirit. But the verses that come right before the fruits of the Spirit are fruits of the flesh. Galatians 5. As you turn there, let me read a little uh, something that I found in one of the commentaries. It says In the desert I saw a creature, naked and bestial, who, squatting upon the ground, held his heart in his hands and ate of it. And I said, is it good, friend? And he said, It is bitter. Bitter, he answered. But I like it because it is bitter and because it is my heart. There are some people who like being bitter. It, it's been described as Frederick Buchner as anger when you let it kind of. Fester inside of you, and you begin to kind of, you know, lick your lips, and and it, it becomes this. You 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 get hurt, and you give it back, and you get hurt, and you give it back. He paints it this way. He said, "It's a skeleton fit. It's a it's a a, a feast fit for a king." The one chief drawback is that the skeleton at the feast is you, and every time you become angry and you think about ah, oh, I I. I, I got a good one in there, or I should have. Right there, I had a little opening to, ooh, I, I could have. And you go back and think, of I, I could have said this. I really would have got them then. Ever been in your car? You drove away from a meeting. You're strangling your steering wheel like it's the person's neck. Anybody? We had a situation some years ago where uh, a gentleman, uh, basically had ripped me off for a bunch of money and then lied about me. And I was so angry. I drove away from a meeting and I, I did a relatively good job of controlling myself. And here I am, a pastor, you know, and I'm trying to, I didn't want to deck the guy or anything, but I, I drove away. I didn't think it would be a great career move. Anyway, and, and I'm squeezing the steering <laughs> wheel. And I went and played racquetball. I find that hitting that little blue ball or the little white one does a lot of good. You know, you, you can picture faces on it. <laughs> anyway, so I went to the racquetball court and there was a guy that I've known over the years and he's a tough guy and he, I told him the story and he goes, uh, really? He goes, uh, Pastor Michael, would you like me and a group of my friends to take care of this for you? <laughs> and just for a brief moment, I went, no, 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 that probably wouldn't be good. I don't want to send the three wise guys over to his house, you know, dressed in black suits. (laughs) We are representing Pastor Michael. (laughs) This would not be good. But I I must say, I entertained it for a brief second. Pray for me. But anyway. Now the deeds, Galatians 5.19, of the flesh are evident. Galatians five nineteen. They are which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes. Do you guys see how many of these fruits of the flesh, deeds of the flesh, are related to relationships that are in peril? enmity, middle of verse 20, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. They're all ugly words. When you say them, they're ugly. And Paul is saying, look, this is not what should be happening. And it includes envying, drunkenness, carousing, and and things like these. In other words, it's not even an exhaustive list. And And here's a scary verse of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice, keyword practice such things habitually, shall not inherit the kingdom of God because they show by their action that they haven't been born again of the Holy Spirit. But by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is the opposite of all those ugly things. It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus, if you're a Christian, have crucified the flesh. That would be all those things in the ugly list in verses 19 and 20 and more. They've crucified those things. Those things need to die, if you will, with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us Also walk by the Spirit. And you get a sense in these churches that there was a problem. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And so back to the book of James and we'll finish it up. So quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. How can I slow these things down in my life? I think uh, three times in Moses' life he became angry and three times... All three times, it was disastrous. In, in Genesis four, God said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will, you not, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you don't do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desires for you, but you must master it. And Cain went out and told Abel, his brother, and we know what happened. God warned him. He said, your anger is an issue, Cain and it's crouching at your door, and it wants to master you, and you must master it, but he didn't master it. He went out, let his anger get the best of him, and what did he do? He killed Abel. So we can hear something, even directly from God, and not necessarily do it. Ecclesiastes 7, 8 says, Do not be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of fools. You remember Jonah? Jonah was asked by God, do you have good reason to be angry? Jonah was angry because God saved a bunch of people. (laughs) Knew you were going to do that. (laughs) I wanted them destroyed. You gave me a message 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. I preached the message and I was waiting for the bombs to come. I'm just sitting up on a hill. (laughs) And then you went... Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book, I'll get you a signed copy, and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. So we can hear something even directly from God, and not necessarily do it. Ecclesiastes 7, 8 says, do not be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of fools. You remember Jonah? Jonah was asked by God, do you have good reason to be angry? Jonah was angry because God saved a bunch of people. (laughs) Knew you were going to do that. (laughs) I wanted them destroyed. You gave me a message 40 days. And Nineveh will be destroyed. I preached the message. And I was waiting for the bombs to come. i just sitting up on a hill. And then you went. And you were gracious to them. Compassionate. I know how you are, God. <laughs> I like compassion when it's directed in my direction. But those people over there, I'm mad. <laughs> Can you imagine that? The Bible says the angels rejoice when one person comes to repentance and Jonah's on the hill going, I didn't want to go to this place in the first place. That's why I ran the other way and took the ship and all of that. But you, you, you speak to whales or big fish. You, you speak fish. You speak all the languages, God. And you pick me up. I'm the regurgitated prophet. <laughs> Spit me up on the seashore for the surfers to go, dude, whoa, look. Man, how do we, how do we shift it down? We don't. <laughs> we don't. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and through me. We've got to say, Lord, Michael and his ways, his old ways, need to be crucified. I, every morning, got to come to die. <laughs> Lord, here's, some, here's a prayer. Here I am. I want to, Crucify my flesh. Help me put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with the fruit so I can manifest them today. So we get a little bit more as we close of how to do it. Therefore, this is James 1.21. Therefore, in light of what James just said, the exhortation to us, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Therefore, putting aside or put away all filthiness and all that remains, James one twenty one, of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. See the word therefore? Now that we have an understanding of the issue, now that we get what we're supposed to do, here's the remedy, here's the solution. We have to put aside all that remains of the old ways. We gotta put them away. And the image here is of changing a soiled garment and putting on a fresh new clean one. We literally need to get rid of it. We need to get rid of our anger. One uh, writer says the language of dirty garments in a specialized sense in the ancient world spoke of earwax. Now we won't get into earwax right now. But we know that we have to clean our ears every now and then. And if you haven't cleaned your ears in a while, sometimes you go in there with, and you've got to be really careful, you go in there with one of those Q-tips, right? And you pull it out. Just make sure that nobody else is around that you're trying to impress. Because sometimes, <laughs> it's, it's an ugly scene, but here, here it is. You pull it out and you go, oh my goodness. No wonder when people were talking to me, I was saying, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> And someone who loves you and can say things like this to you would say, well, you haven't done it in two and a half years. (laughs) Things do build up. (laughs) You got to get it out. (laughs) And it frees up the listening capacities. This is the image. You get the earwax out. You take off the old garments. It's all spiritual metaphors, but you get the idea. You trade it in. You get rid of it. All the moral filth, all the filthiness all the soiled garments, and in exchange for that, you put on the new person. You take something off and you put something on. These metaphors are rich, they're all over the Bible. I'm not gonna go there this morning, but you take something off and you put it on. Put on the full armor of God that you might what? Take your stand. Put on the new man, Ephesians 4. These are things that are written to Christians. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. Put on is in duo in Greek. It means to clothe. Be clothed with power from on high. Put off is obvious, right? We get rid of one thing. We take in another thing. What we put aside is the old ways. They're heavy. Those soiled garments are heavy. Ever played a mud football game and your garments are all soiled and your mother's like, Duncan! And if the mud dries, oh, it gets, (laughs) just stay in that. You're sleeping in the backyard for a week, right? How many of you are tired of carrying soiled garments? They get heavy, don't they? How many of you are tired of all the same nonsense, the same fights, the same disagreements, the same, you want to respond better and then you do the same thing? And James says, get rid of that garment. It needs to go. Clean out your ears. Some see baptismal idioms here from the ancient church of they got baptized and they would put on a new white garment. We put aside something and we we receive something else. What we put aside is obvious. We've talked about it. What we receive is the word implanted, emphitos in Greek. It could refer. Uh, says Douglas Mood, to something becoming implanted or or that has become implanted. So this is a little bit difficult, but let me just read the explanation because I think it'll help. What James is suggesting by describing the word in this way, the word implanted, is that the Christian must not think he is done with the word of God after it has saved him. The word becomes a permanent and separable part of the Christian a commanding and guiding presence within him this is not a command to be converted but to accept the word's precepts as binding and to seek to live to live them this would paint a picture that as the word of god goes deep within the old filth goes out the word regenerates and saves us no doubt But it also sets us free, John 8, 31 and 32, and sanctifies us, John 17, 17. Sanctify them in the truth, thy word is truth. When God's word does its work, spiritual growth is inevitable, the inevitable result. As God's word is proclaimed and finds good soil in my heart, as in the parable of the sower or soils, it implants and brings forth a crop of righteousness. If you are a believer, you've experienced this wonderful reality that God's word comes in and it starts to clean stuff out and it makes you look at stuff and you go, "Ooh, wow, I'm not handling that one right. And the word of God comes in and a little plant begins to sprout and something else goes away, maybe a weed of bitterness, maybe a root of bitterness. And so in 1 Thessalonians 2.10, it says... And for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you receive from us the word of God's message, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. So let it work. Amen. And when we come into a place like this, we say, Lord, I am here. I've prepared the soil. Now speak. Your servant is listening and then produce a crop in my life, I wanna get rid of the stuff, the old stuff, and I want that word implanted that has already saved me if I'm a Christian to produce that abundant and abiding fruit. The only question that I leave you with is, are you willing? You gotta start with the willingness to be willing. And if you come in to the play, this place, or you, when you crack open your Bible and you just say, Lord, I'm willing, change me. That's where it all starts. Father, as we think about your word, it's so good, it's so deep, it's so rich, and it is productive. And I think each and every Christian that is here this morning would say, man, I have experienced that wonderful, transforming power of God's word. It has done its work. It has come down from the Lord, And it has been like rain and snow, and it has produced a crop, and it has not returned void. And even Bible passages that we learned as little kids are still producing fruit in our lives, Lord. We're so grateful. And we know this is why the enemy tries to keep us from our Bibles. This is why the enemy loves division. So we might close our Bibles and close our hearts off to people that we're supposed to love. Oh, Lord, heal us. Heal me. Do your, your healing work in each of us. Make us more like your son. Thank you that you're so patient with us, Lord, so much more patient than we are with others and with ourselves. And Lord, as we have a chance now just to meditate on God's word, biblical meditation is on God and his word. Right now, I just, I just wanna ask us all just to take a moment, quick to hear Slow to speak. Slow to anger. Just let it, just let it percolate. Let it go down. Lord, whatever additional business you have to do with your people, I pray that you would just be working that in our hearts. Just work it in so we can work it out. And Father, as we prepare now to come to the table of communion and remember what Jesus suffered, what he did to make the way possible that we could be new, we could be changed, we could be different. I pray that as the elements go forth and then we think about all you have done for us, you are the living word, Jesus, and thank you that you came down to save our souls. You spoke life into us. Would you keep your head and heart bowed if you have not met Jesus as your savior and Lord? If this has hit really close to home or you've been trying to do this on your own, you need to get saved. And the Bible gives a very simple remedy. It's the gift of a king. You must receive what Jesus did on the cross, dying for you through his resurrection to be saved. That's where it all starts. So if you've heard his voice today and you've said, oh, Lord, I want to know you. And I want to be different. I want to be new. I want to have the hope of heaven. I want my sins to be forgiven. All of that is is not only possible, it's available. But it, it takes a willingness. And it's something like this, Lord Jesus. And I would encourage you, if you've not settled this right now with your head and heart bowed, pray. Lord Jesus, even in the quietness of your heart, come into my life. Thank you that you died on that awful cross for me. Thank you that you rose to defeat death and all of its scariness. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I place my faith in Jesus Christ. Please be my Lord, my savior, my king and my friend. And do a work in my heart, Lord, let me be born again to that living hope. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you've been far away from God. Maybe you're a Christian, but this has hit really close to home and you have been angry and maybe even out of control and it's hurt some people around you. Then settle some business with the Lord. He is so gracious. Every morning, his mercies are brand new and multiple times a day as well. And so whatever you need to do to get right with him, Lord, for those who are just doing some business, I just pray that you just be working in this room by the power of your Holy Spirit and that uh, as we receive these elements, Lord, we would just rejoice in the God of our salvation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.